Hello and welcome back to Just Saying Sports with Jake and Sean. Again, up here with Sean Dwyer. How's it going, guys? This week we got our NFL draft special going on. We got a big show prepared for you today. We're going to go through and give you our NFL mock drafts, argue a little bit about who we think is going to go where and why, or why they should be there or why they won't be there. And we're going to dive in with one of our very special guests at the end of our show. We have Chris Bogus, one of our good friends from college who has some unique NFL perspectives. So we're going to go ahead and get started with this week's show, Sean. How do you think this NFL stuff's going to play out? Uh, I think we're going to disagree a lot. That's how, you know, normally how mock drafts work. You know, I think we're both going to have different guys, different places. I think we're both going to be high on some guys and low on some guys, and it's going to make for some good conversation. Well, yeah, and the one big thing about these mock drafts, and it really cracks me up, is some people put out, you know, the 1.0s, the 2.0s, the 3.0s. None of them are right. This is just like an NCAA tournament bracket that we always talk about. You know, the way that this plays out is so unpredictable. It's actually just a lot of fun to talk about because – it's almost a fantasy scenario where you just kind of see the NFL next year. Yeah, you know, I guarantee you that, you know, we might each get like five or six of these right, and that's it. So, <laughs> Well, it's still fun to talk about, and exactly. you know, it's, always good to, it's always good to argue a little bit, right? Yeah. All right, so without further ado, we're going to go ahead and jump into it the way that we're going to do our show today is kind of go from top to bottom, just like the draft normally would. We'll go back and forth and just kind of give you guys an idea of what we think. So without further ado, here we go. All right, welcome back. We're going to get started right away and dive right into our NFL draft, mock draft here. And we're going to go and dive in with that first overall pick, Sean. So with Cleveland getting that number one spot, which way do you think they're going to go? I think Cleveland goes with Sam Darnold from USC. And I think this is a pick fueled by a lot of just trying to buck history with the quarterback position being very up in arms and being you know, basically in Cleveland. I think they try and get a guy to solidify it and become a franchise quarterback. Well, now, I, uh, I really think that Tyrod Taylor does have a little bit of potential. I mean, he did take the Bills to the playoffs – didn't turn out so hot, but you know, it's been kind of a rough and tumble. And if they really get the weapons around him, like they can solidify it. I think that it's really better off for Cleveland with as many picks as they have in this draft to go with the best overall player in this draft, who I believe is Saquon Barkley. And I think that he will add a dimension to that team, no matter who the quarterback is that will really, you know, change Cleveland's offense for the better. So at number two, you know, we got New York. There's a lot of talk about them going quarterback. What do you think is going to happen, Sean? I think they do not go quarterback. I believe they take Saquon Barkley from Penn State. I think having him fall to number two, I mean, it's, it's very funny talk in the draft, and he's only going to number two. But Saquon Barkley going number two to the, Jet, to the Giants, I mean, is that's the best possible situation I think the Giants could look for. All right. Now, I actually have the Giants not going quarterback either. Um, I have them going with the defensive end, Branley Chubb. 
Uh, I think that he will create a playmaking uh, part on that defensive line and give the Giants a more stable attack. I know a lot of people want them to work on their offense with a quarterback or with Saquon Barkley, but you know I think Saquon's going to be gone. And if they pick up Des Bryant here right before the draft, they really don't need to worry about trying to you know, build a new quarterback. I think they need to worry about winning now, if that's the case. So I think they're going to go ahead and work on their defense at that point and go with Bradley Chubb. So for the number three pick uh, with the New York Jets, what do you think is going to happen? I think this pick is pretty much one of those picks that's already been made and it's just a very poorly kept secret. I think the Jets take Baker Mayfield. And that's just, you know, a lot of the rumors, a lot of the articles about his parents and himself meeting with ownership prior to the draft. So I think they take Baker Mayfield. Now, I think Baker Mayfield's going to slide quite a ways in this draft. Uh, I do think he'll get drafted in the first round, but I do not think that he's a top three overall pick. You know, Heisman Trophy winner or not, I don't really know how many teams are going to want him, you know, being the leader right now. And I think that's something that, you know, the Giants could, or the, the Jets, sorry, that the Jets could, you know, work on is, you know, they, they drop him into a leadership role right away, and I just don't think that he would succeed uh, trying to beat out Teddy Bridgewater or Josh McCown. That's not a lot of quote-unquote great competition. And I think the Jets are going to go ahead and actually take Sam Darnold because I think that he's the one who is more of a pro-style quarterback. I think he fits better with the Jets' offense. You know, he's a big guy. He makes those accurate throws. I don't know if the playmaking type is the best out there in New York. Now, for number four, Sean, uh, Cleveland's back on the clock. Uh, I know you had them going with that quarterback, number one overall. I had the running back. So what do you got going on here at number four? I think they take the pass rusher, Bradley Chubb, from North Carolina State. I think the possibility of pairing him with Miles Garrett is a big plus for them. by getting They get better at the defensive end position, of course, but it also makes their secondary better. And that's due to the fact that with the amount of pass rush they'll be getting, they'll be limiting the time quarterbacks have to, you know, pick apart the back side of the defense. And so it makes their defense better by drafting at a position that really isn't affecting what they're trying to get better at. I can see that. Now, I, you know, I already got Bradley off my board, and I do think that Cleveland will pick one of those quarterbacks. And, you know, Sam Darnold's off the board for me, and – I think that Josh Rosen really is the best quarterback in the draft and Cleveland might get a steal for him here at number four, but I think they'll be able to, you know, let him slide back just a couple picks and pick him up and add him to an already pretty dangerous offense with Saquon Barkley and Josh Gordon. Now at the number five pick, I do not see Denver taking anybody at number five. I think they will trade this away on draft day. Um, I think they'll go back and, Trade it with the Bills. Uh, the Buffalo Bills are sitting down at number 12, and I think they're going to move up and take Josh Allen, uh, take that other quarterback off the board. Uh, he's a big guy. He's not quite the, you know, the type that they've had out there. But with him, they have a running game where he won't have to be relied on uh, with just his arm all the time, and I think that will be a good spot for him. So I have Josh Allen going uh, to Buffalo at number five. Yeah, I also have Josh Allen going five, but I have him going to Denver. And 
I think that the taking Josh Allen, who's probably not a starting quarterback, but he has a lot of potential, fits Denver. Based off the fact they just signed Case Keenum to a deal, I think that he sits back, you know, he has John Elway's mind to pick for a few years, and that's not a bad situation. And you're learning from Case Keenum, who, you know, he's been a successful quarterback. He has a stuff that he can share with him. So I think and they take Josh Allen, but it's a long run until we see Josh Allen at a starting level. Of course. Now, going into that number six pick, it's for Indianapolis. And what do you think is going to happen here? I think Indianapolis takes Quentin Nelson, um, the guard from Notre Dame. I think that they just need to keep Andy Luck healthy, and their offensive line has done him zero favors. And so if they are in a spot where they could pick a guy who's going to make their offensive line better and protect Andrew Luck. And I think that's the high priority of what Indianapolis should be taking. I definitely agree with that. Um, I actually have them taking Quentin Nelson as well. Um, That guy is a tank. He's stiff as a board. That guy is huge. And I do think that with Andrew Luck coming back, that'll be their top priority is to, you know, protect their top asset for their franchise. So at number seven, Tampa Bay is sneaking in there. And what do you think? I mean, I think they are going to go with the defensive back here. Who do you think it's going to be? I have them taking Minka Fitzpatrick from Alabama. I think they take him just because, you know, number seven is still a high pick. You want to try and get the best player for your team. I think Minka Fitzpatrick is the best defensive back on the board. He can play corner as well as his, he can play a very good safety. And so being able to shift around the defense and play multiple positions, I think, makes him the number seven pick. Now, I actually have them, like I said, taking a defensive back as well, but I have them taking another safety in Derwin James from Florida State. Uh, I do think that he is a good athlete, and somewhere in Tampa Bay, they really like do, do, ah, they really do like having that guy that you know can play man coverage on those guys who make those runs downfield. And Derwin James is one of those people. And I think he'll fit in just well in Tampa Bay. Now, for number eight, we got Chicago. What do you uh, think the Bears are going to go ahead and take here at the eighth pick? Uh, I think the Bears take Tremaine Edmonds, the linebacker from Virginia Tech. I think they take him to try and solidify and get a leader on that defense, try and get a a guy that's going to be there for a long time. Ever since Brian Erlacher, Erlacher left the middle of that defense, they've been trying to fit guys in there, and none of them have really stuck around long-term. And so I think they take a guy with a high draft pick that's going to be the guy they want to stay there for a few years and try and become the face of the defense. Yeah, I actually have uh, Chicago going with an inside linebacker, but a little bit different – or not a, not an inside linebacker, but a linebacker, and a little bit different – uh, vibe with Rokron Smith out of Georgia. Um, he's he's able to move around. He's able to stay in coverage, but he still has a lot of power up the middle. And like you said, there hasn't been much stability in that linebacking core since Erlocker left, basically. And if they need somebody like that on defense, I think he'll be a good guy. You know, I remember watching him play uh, for Georgia last year, and he was just exciting to watch. You know, big big play material. Um, just on the defensive side. So I think that he'll go um, up here in the top 10. Yeah, Roquan Smith to me is 
a guy that I would take him high overall too. But I think just Tremaine Edmonds fits better as a natural fit for Chicago. Roquan Smith isn't going to be along around much longer in the draft after this, though. So, Sean, for pick number nine, we have San Francisco on the clock. What do you have going on here? Well, for San Francisco, you know, I did this mock draft with no trades. Uh, for me, San Francisco, they're in a position where they could trade down. You know, I don't really see anybody fitting their position of need, immediate position of need that's available right now. But for I did, this, I did this mock draft with the thought process of not wasting a top 10 pick, reaching for somebody who doesn't really, who isn't right there. So I had them taking kind of a secondary position of need and Denzel Ward, a cornerback for Ohio State, as he's been, he was very highly rated out of the combine. He is a little bit undersized, but I think that he'll be able to make up for it in the league. Now, I actually have the San Francisco 49ers taking another Big Ten cornerback in Josh Jackson, the cornerback from Iowa. Um, like you said, I don't think that San Francisco really needs one of these two guys at the number nine pick. And I don't think that they necessarily will keep this pick. Uh, but, you know, if they do want to take it, I do think that they'll go with that cornerback position. We just got a little bit of varying views there. So at number 10, we got the Oakland Raiders. Yes. Um, I have Oakland taking Roquan Smith like you had. You had him going two picks earlier. I have him going to Oakland. And the thing about uh, Roquan Smith is he is a sideline-to-sideline linebacker. It doesn't matter where he plays. He's going to get to the tackle if he can, which is obviously be he can get anywhere between the sidelines is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. He's very fast. So and I think he's going to end up being the ultimate Gruden grinder at number 10 overall. Yeah, now I – basically have the flip-flop going on with you here. Um, I do think that Oakland needs a linebacker on that inside presence, though, and I think they're more in need of that really, you know, that not sideline-to-sideline guy, but that lockdown inside run stuffer, and I think Tremaine Edmonds uh, is the one who's going to go there from Virginia Tech. So at number 11, we have the Miami Dolphins. I think that, you know, the Dolphins are going to try and fill that hole that they just let go with Ndamukin Sue. I'm not saying that technically is that big of a hole to fill, but I think they're going to take V to V from Washington, uh, that defensive tackle, uh, to try and fill that hole. Yeah, and so with that, we have our first pick we agree on, or our second pick. Second pick. Um, we both had Quentin Nelson. Yes. Um, I think them releasing Sue kind of signals that they are trying to get younger on the defensive line, trying to get a little bit less – cap space, a little more cap space opened up. And with the, having the 11 pick, I think they kind of foresaw the fact they were going to have their pick of the top defensive lineman. And I think Vitave is going to be an absolute stud in the NFL. I think he's a freak athlete who has the size and the quickness to dominate in the NFL. Yeah, I definitely agree. Now, going down to that number 12 pick, uh, this is where I had that flip-flop in my draft with uh, Buffalo and Denver. I think Buffalo is going to end up giving away another one of those picks just so they can scooch up there. Um, but I think that Denver is going to take Baker Mayfield here. Um, like I said, I think John Elway is going to 
kind of want to have that, maybe think about reliving those Tim Tebow days where there's a playmaking quarterback at the helm. And, you know, I think that it actually might work out in Denver if he has somebody like, per se, John Elway to look at him and tell him how he needs to act. Yeah, for me, I have Buffalo still making this pick. I haven't taken Mike McGlinchey, the tackle from Notre Dame. It doesn't matter who lines up the quarterback for Buffalo. They have to protect them. And they need a little bit of, you know, they've had some offensive linemen. You know, one, I think Richie Incognito retired. So they have some holes on the offensive line. And I think that, you know, Josh Rosen doesn't really fit what Buffalo wants to do with their offense. So I think they don't take him here at 12. And I think they take a tackle to try and solidify the run game and try and get another pass blocker in there to protect whoever ends up playing quarterback. Yeah, I mean that that's definitely a pretty good point. Um, because once they once they need some way to keep them around. Now exactly. in, in number thirteen, we got the Washington Redskins sliding into the spot. Yeah, Washington Redskins, you know, we, you know, with them losing Kirk Cousins, a lot of people thought they might be looking at a quarterback, but then they traded for Alex Smith. And so that opened up another Hole, a couple holes for them. But in my opinion, they're going to go Deron Payne, defensive tackle from Alabama. I think well, Washington has very wanted Vita Vey, but they're not going to get him. And so the next top defensive lineman is Deron Payne, who kind of put, he put on a show in the national championship game. And I think he's going to reap the benefits of that. Yeah, I mean, I think that with his draft stock kind of going through the roof there, it will really will make a difference. But I do think there's a couple guys that I think I was toying with here when Washington was looking around. And, you know, there's a running back on the board who really piques my interest with Washington just because I don't see him going many other places here in the next five picks, but I know he'll be a top 20 or 25 pick. And it's Darius Juice. Um, but if I'm going to really kind of give – give this to that defensive line like you were talking about. Um, I believe it's uh, – what, what, what? who do I have here? It's the guy from Texas, uh, San Antonio, Marcus Davenport. Marcus def- Davenport. Yep, yep, he's a defensive end. Um, that's who I have going to Washington. I think he's going to, like you said, make a difference on that defensive line since they kind of do have the opportunity to restart that offense with Alex Smith. So if Washington is smart, I think they'll stick on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, going to the 14th pick, we have the Green Bay Packers. And with the 14th pick, I have Green Bay taking the cornerback from Iowa, Josh Jackson. I think that he, he's a ball hawk. You know, he goes and gets the ball. And I think that Green Bay is really looking for that in corners because, you know, they want turnovers. They want to get the ball back in Aaron Rodgers' hand as soon as possible. And so they want guys that are athletic and can go get the ball. I think Josh Jackson fits that mold they're looking for. Yeah, now I see Green Bay doing the unthinkable here. And, you know, they lost their boy, Jordy. And I think there might have been some thought process behind that. They had to drop some cap space. They got to keep Aaron Rodgers on. But they also got to keep Aaron Rodgers happy. Um, I think this would be very surprising. But I think that the Green Bay Packers are going to go with Kelvin Ridley from Alabama. No, I definitely think that could be a possibility, you know, taking the top wide receiver, especially with this week, Aaron Rodgers saying, you know, Green Bay didn't consult, allegedly saying Green Bay hasn't consulted him on things in the past, you know, 
kind of throwing out there that he, you know, maybe he wants some help on the offensive side of the ball with Jordy Nelson leaving. Calvin Ridley could be very much well be in play in this situation. Yeah, and I think that's going to be a big hot-button issue because a lot of people think that Calvin Ridley is going to be going down to Arizona here at this next pick. But who do you think is going to be going to Arizona? I have Josh Rosen finally coming off the board here at 15 for Arizona. I mean, this situation that I have playing out is kind of Arizona's wildest, craziest dream. Um, You're getting the quarterback who many regard as the top pro-ready quarterback at 15 overall. But, you know, there's a reason he's going to be falling to 15. You know, there's a lot of questions about his maturity. Um, I think one team's official was quoted the same. We don't want a guy who, if we lose on Sunday, is going to be tweeting about the president on Monday. You know, it's just not a good look for the organization. But, you know, I think as childish as that is for NFL teams to be worried about, um, I think Arizona is a team that needs a quarterback desperately with Carson Palmer retiring. And I think Josh Rosen fits that situation very nicely. Now, I have, you know, that other guy you had going off the board a few picks ago with Minka Fitzpatrick going to the Arizona Cardinals. You know, after Tyron Matthew left, I know that there's another huge hole. And this is another one of those contract gap fillers. And I think that some of these teams saw an opportunity to, you know, pay rookie deals instead of pay these veterans these big contracts, um, such as Jordy Nelson or, you know, Tyron Matthew, and just let them go their own way and kind of find somebody in the draft who's going to be able to do that. And I think Minka Fitzpatrick is a very, very capable, um, you know, back-end defender, and I think he'll do very well in Arizona because that defense is already quite strong. Now going in – oh, go ahead, Sean. No, continue. Go ahead. I was going to say, going into the 16th pick, um, we're sitting right here in the middle of the first round, and uh, Baltimore is the one who's dead in the middle of the NFL last year. So who do you have them taking with this pick? Um, Calvin Ridley falls off the board here for me to Baltimore. Baltimore needing a wide receiver is a very well-known fact. Um, it's their top position of need in just about everybody's opinion. So to, in, for my mock draft, having the number one wide receiver in the draft fall to them at 16 is kind of like the best possible scenario for them. Well, that definitely would be a dream situation, but I don't think it's going to happen. I actually have Baltimore taking Darius Juice. I know I was talking pretty highly of him uh, with the Redskins, but I think this is where he falls to, and I think it'll be a good fit for them. I know they were going by committee last year, and they started to think they found some star power, but it didn't really work out for him. And in the past, Baltimore's always had – their most success when they have that deep pass game and somebody who's a one through three down back. And I think juice can do that for him. So for number 17, Sean, we have the Los Angeles chargers and most people think they're going to go defense here. Uh, What's your, what's your take? Yeah, I do have them going defense here. I have them taking Derwin James, the safety from Florida state. Um, I'm not as high on Derwin James as I was before the college football season. You know, he has a little bit more injury concerns as he missed some more games this year with injury. And, you know, his play just wasn't at the level that it was as the year before, before he got hurt. And I think that was just, you know, coming off the injury. I didn't think that he was able to put his best tape out there because of that playing probably a little bit. So feeling the effects of the injury, but 
but I think he has all pro safety potential. I think he could be a major player for the Chargers for many, many years, kind of like Eric Weddle was. Yeah, now they're at 17. I, I told you, I think Derwin James is going to be going a lot higher than that. Um, but at 17, I actually have them sticking on defense. I have them taking that Alabama defensive tackle, De'Aaron Payne. Uh, like you said, he really jumped that draft stock through the roof um, in the national championship game. And I know this isn't really through the roof being at 17, but I just think this is where he settles, where he fits. And I think it's what's, what's the best thing for L.A., now for number 18, we got the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, you know, Seattle is kind of a difficult situation for me to pick because they have needs that are, like, very contrasting. You know, you have the offensive line is a big need and then defensive line. So they're right across the ball from each other, but they're two completely different positions. But I have them taking Isaiah Wynn, who is a guard from the University <laughs> of Georgia. He can also slide out and play tackle. And I think that they make this move is in an effort to try and get the running game going and getting another run blocker, but then also at the same time protecting Russell Wilson. You know, Russell Wilson kind of carried the Seahawks there for a bit last year. So keeping him safe is, should be the franchise's top priority. Yeah, of course. I know that that offensive line does need some work, but I think that defense needs a little bit of rebuilding after losing the majority of their, you know, stars. And, you know, you had Denzel Ward going a little bit higher than I do, but I think he's going to fall here to Seattle. I need that. I think they need that cornerback, you know, to take up uh, Richard Sherman's spot. You know, Cam Chancellor had a terrible time out there with injuries over the last couple of years. And it's all, it's all basically over and done with up there in Seattle. And I think it's time to restart. And I think that, you know, Denzel Ward is probably a pretty good place. Now, for number 19, uh, the Dallas Cowboys are going to be sneaking in there right before the Detroit Lions. Uh, what do you think Dallas and Jerry Jones are going to do with their pick? I think they're going to try and make a move that directly responds to cutting Des Bryant. I think they take the wide receiver from Southern Methodist SMU, Cortland Sutton. Uh, this guy's stock has kind of fallen since the end of the season through the combine. He didn't have a great combine showing, but he's 6'4", 225. And, you know, at that height and that potential uh, body size, he could be a possession receiver, which is kind of what Des Bryant was. Um, he could fill the role of Dak Prescott's number one option in the passing game. He doesn't need a bunch of touches as a rookie, so he can kind of develop at the same time. So I think he just is a good fit for the Dallas Cowboys here. Yeah, he took a lot of the words out of my mouth. Another pick that we agree on, I have Cortland Sutton from SMU, the hometown boy staying right down there in Dallas, uh, you know, not too far from, you know, where he's playing college ball now. I think that's a pretty, probably going to be a pretty good fit for him too. Uh, with Dak Prescott having to fill that void, it'll be a good, good thing to see if they can pick up a wide receiver there. Now, with our hometown Detroit Lions, uh, the thing that stinks for me is a lot of the people that I want them to take, I think, will be gone before they get to. So who do you think they're going to end up taking? Who I think they will take and who I want them to take are two different questions. Exactly. Um, I think they're going to take Marcus Davenport from the Texas uh, San Antonio, the defensive end. I think he is a player that has great potential. Um, he's kind of a project player, like – Ziggy Ansa was when they took him. So we might not see the full effect of Marcus Davenport for a few years, 
that's who I think they will take. Who I want them to take is Harold Landry from Boston College. I think he's one of the best pass rushers in the draft. But I think they're going to take Marcus Davenport. Now, I want them to take Harold Landry as well. But I know better than to trust the Lions with anything I want them to do. So I'm going to go ahead and say that they stick on the offensive line. Um, you know, that interior offensive line has kind of fallen apart over the last couple of years. And they're basically going to take the next best guard off the board with Will Hernandez. Um, they don't have much of a choice if they're going to go on the offensive side. Uh, they have a couple running backs they might be able to reach for. Um, I already have Darius Juice off the board, so that's not going to work out. And I just I don't see them going on the defensive side of the ball like they have so many times um, in the past on the defensive tackle side. So in you know three four years, they just disappear so I do see them going with uh, Will Hernandez at guard now at number 21 we have the Cincinnati Bengals what do you think is going on here I think the Cincinnati Bengals take Leighton Vander Esch the linebacker from Boise State he's the combine hero from this year's NFL combine you know he raised the most eyebrows and he's just kind of reading up on him you know he's kind of he's got a very good athleticism so he can run with tight ends at the linebacker position. He makes a lot of tackles, runs around a lot. And so I think he kind of fits Cincinnati with, you know, they lose Fontes Burfitt to a suspension to start the year. As every really year. Know. And, yeah, and if I'm Cincinnati, I don't have much more patience for Fontes Burfitt, so I try and find a guy to replace him as soon as possible. Yeah, I mean, the thing about the Cincinnati Bengals is I don't think that they want to invest that much money. I think Fontes Burfitt still has two years left on a contract, and obviously they could just cut him or do whatever they wanted to do uh, to make sure that they don't have to deal with his BS anymore. But I think that Cincinnati is going to be mad that the Lions take Will Hernandez and stick with the offensive line and go with Mike McGlinchey, um, the tackle from Notre Dame that you brought up earlier. Um, I think that he'll fall down to here, but I think they, they'll need it because their running game is supposed to be more improved. And, you know, with, their, with A.J. Green, Andy Dalton, like they need to figure out a way to make that offense flow better. And I think that's where they need to start is the offensive line. Now, at number 22, we got the Buffalo Bills making their second pick of the first round. What do you think is their best option all the way down here? Lamar Jackson. I think Lamar Jackson comes off the board to Buffalo, and I think he makes an immediate impact and is in the rookie of the year conversation. To me, Lamar Jackson is a guy that should be drafted in the top five. Um, there's a lot of misconceptions about his game that, you know, a lot of his scramble yards – or, you know, him just running around and everything. But over 70% of his scramble yards were on design runs. He's not running around being wild like people think he is. I think he has a better arm. I think he's a better runner. I think he's a better football mind, kind of higher football IQ than Tyrod Taylor. So I think he comes in and is a, and is a much improved Tyrod Taylor for the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, now I, I wish that I had Lamar Jackson – uh, going really to anybody who I would prefer a subpar team, but I actually think that Lamar Jackson is going to end up going to a pretty decent team here at the end of the first round, and I'll get to that in just a minute. But uh, for me, Buffalo is going to take your previous pick, uh, the Leighton Vanderesk. He's from Boise State, inside linebacker. Um, once they get in my draft, you know they got Josh. Josh Allen um, early on at that number five pick. I think they won't worry about showing up a 
you know, another offensive spot and they're going to go over to that defensive side and try to solidify um, it over there. So what do you think moving on to the next pick, you know, is the first time the Patriots get one is at number 23. What do you think they're going to do? In my opinion, they take Harold Landry from Boston college. The guy is a very good pass rusher. You know, his run defense has been questioned a little bit. Um, He's kind of a shorter pass rusher too at six, two kind of what, Kind of not what NFL teams are looking at, but I think Harold Landry goes to New England because New England also has the attitude of, well, he's the best position. He's best at his position and on the board right now, so we don't care about a lot of that stuff. So Harold Landry goes to New England. Yeah, I know. That's how usually how New England operates is if it's the best player, we're going to figure it out. Um, but I think also they're going to worry about their few, not their future, but at least the immediate future and trying to make sure that Tom Brady is happy and healthy. And they're going to redo that offensive line after losing a couple guys this offseason and having to pay quite a bit of big money to a couple guys. Um, but I think they're going to pick Colton Miller from UCLA. Uh, he's a proven proven asset on the offensive line. You know, they he's, everybody's seen him because they've watched a Rosen film, and he does an outstanding job of protection. Um, and I think that, New England is only smart in the aspect to make sure that they're shored up up front before they worry about an already Super Bowl returning offense over and over and over. Now, sitting at number 24, we got the Carolina Panthers. Uh, What do you think they're going to do here? I think Carolina goes cornerback after trading away one of their starters. I think they go Jari Alexander from Louisville. He had a – a big combine is what he had. And, you know, he's, he transferred halfway through his college career, but that's, you know, more and more common. I think health concerns have pushed him off of people's first round, but he has first round potential. And I think Carolina takes him for that. Well, I, I could see that going on and I definitely agree with you basically wholeheartedly on, um, on Jerry. I do think, Carolina is going to go with that cornerback position. And I think he's just about the best player. If you look at just pure, pure talent ability, you know, like you said, they might be scared with injuries and such, but if you're looking at just having one of the better players, especially at 24 in the draft, you're going to want to go with Alexander. So Sean, at number 25, we have the Tennessee Titans. Who do you have going down there in old Tennessee? I have Rashawn Evans, the linebacker from Alabama. Um, Tennessee lost one of their linebackers to free agency. So I think that they're going to try and fill that position with a younger guy right away. And I think Rashawn Evans is, at this point, the best linebacker left on the board. And he is a first-round talent that Tennessee takes to fill that hole. No, I think, like you said, they did lose a guy on their defense, but I think you had Harold Landry going just a couple picks ago, and I have him going here to Tennessee if he falls this far. Um, it's one of those things, like you said, he's probably the best pass rusher in this draft. And if he gets down to Tennessee, which the way I have it working out, that's where I have him going to, they're definitely going to have to pick him up on this one. Now, at number 26, we have the Atlanta Falcons. What's your pick there? My pick is Taven Bryant, the defensive tackle from the University of Florida. And I think that he finally fills a position of defensive tackle for Atlanta. Um, they brought him last year trying to, as kind of a band-aid fix to their defensive tackle position. 
but I think Taven Bryant provides the long-term fix that Atlanta's looking for on their defensive line. Now, I definitely think they're going defensive line as well, and I know you're talking long-term fix, but somebody that prior to health issues being brought up, people thought was going to go in the top six, seven picks was Maurice Hurst from the University of Michigan. And I've, you know, I've got to see this guy play quite a bit. And, you know, he's a monster. And if they're willing to take a gamble on his heart and, uh, you know, see if it's, if it's worth the health issues, I think they're going to take him here at 26. Just because I don't see him falling. He, he is a first-round talent. There's just so many questions about if he's even ever really going to be able to play in the NFL. Yeah, I personally don't have Maurice Hurst in my first round. Just, and that's exactly why is the health concerns. And, but you're right. He is a first-round talent, and I think he deserves to be in the first round. But he's going to have to go through a lot of physicals for NFL teams. I don't think they've had time to perform yet. So I think he'll fall into the second day in round two. All right. So now at 27, we have the New Orleans Saints with Sean Payton at the helm. I have Connor Williams, the defense or the offensive tackle from Texas. I think they try and get the running game. I think they try and get the running game was great last year, but I think they try and take it to another level with getting another big guy on the offensive line that's going to make a big impact, and also keeping Drew Brees a little bit cleaner is always a good plus for New Orleans. Now I actually see them going with an offensive weapon, and I think they're going to go with Hayden Hurst from South Carolina. Um, a tight end. Uh, if you remember the, the glory days, really, of the Saints offense is when they had somebody like Jimmy out there able to make plays as part of such an explosive offense. Um, New Orleans did just lose, you know, like Willie Sneed. They lost a couple of their top options. You know, Brandon Cooks left a year or two ago, and it's been a bit of a change around there. And Drew Brees just signed a couple more year contract, probably his last one. And if they're going to try and give him a little bit of options, I think they're going to go with that tight end position and refill the void that they once had. Now at 28, we have the Pittsburgh Steelers, Sean. Uh, I know your favorite team to use on Madden. So who do you think they're going to add for you to try to beat me up with? Uh, For me, their pick is Justin Reed, the safety from Stanford. And I think that he plays his game – is to Pittsburgh what Minka Fitzpatrick's will be to Tampa Bay, and that's being able to play safety, also being able to cover guys in the slot and playing corner. And this guy had a great year in 2017. He had 99 tackles, five interceptions, six pass breakups. And as going back to what I said before, 65% of his snaps were in a corner coverage position, not just lining up at safety all the time. So I think the versatility gives Pittsburgh another playmaker on their defense trying to fill the hole of that linebacker. There isn't one available right now in this part of the draft. For you, of course. Now, for me, I think they're filling that hole of a linebacker and they're going to get Rashawn Evans from Alabama. I know you just had him go before, but I think that this is where he's going to end up. You know, with Shazier out of there, they're filling that hole. Um, I think it's going to be a big uh, opportunity for this guy out of Alabama to make an immediate impact in, in, Saint, or, uh, in um, Pittsburgh with the Steelers. Now, going down to the NFC runner-up, the Jacksonville Jaguars. I have them taking Mike Hughes, the cornerback from Central Florida. And I know a lot of people are going to say, well, you know, Jalen Ramsey played great last year. They don't need a cornerback. But that's the guy across the room, you know, Aaron Colvin. I think his name's Aaron Colvin. I was last name's Colvin. Um, I don't know how much time is left on his contract. And with him playing the cross from 
Ramsey and having a couple of good years, um, Jacksonville might not want to pay his next contract. So having another guy ready to step in and fill that hole and keep your secondary right where it is while you're trying to compete for a league championship is something that I think Jacksonville is going to look at the future and make this big. Now, looking at the future with Jacksonville, I think they need a new quarterback, and I think it's going to be Lamar Jackson. I don't know if he'll have the best mentorship, but I do think that he is the type of playmaker that will be able to do something with Leonard Fournette and all those guys down in Jacksonville. I mean, we saw how good their defense is. If you had somebody running around like Lamar Jackson able to make plays on the other side of that, I could only imagine how good Jacksonville could actually be. So for the steal of the draft, I think Lamar Jackson falls all the way down to 29, all the way down to Jacksonville. Now at number 30, we have the NFC runner up, uh, the Minnesota Vikings. Who do you think uh, they're going to take here? Uh, the guy that I have him taking is already off your board, and that's Will Hernandez, the guard from the University of Texas, El Paso. Um, I think they try and make an investment in the offensive line to keep their $30 million a year investment in Kirk Cousins healthy. And at the same time, opening up holes for their running back, they're getting back Delvin Cook. And I think that offensive line is a position they kind of they patched work together a line last year. But trying to get some more solid guys for the future is, I think, in Minnesota's best interest. Yeah, I actually think, like you said, they're going to go with that guard position, but I already have Hernandez off the board. And I'm going to give them Isaiah Wynn from Georgia. I think he's the next best guy down. Um, I know you talked about Connor Williams from Texas a couple picks ago, but I think Isaiah Wynn is going to be the guy to go to Minnesota here at the end of the first round. Now for pick number 31, uh, we have the New England Patriots back on the clock. What do you think is going to happen here, Sean? I think New England goes with DJ Moore, a wide receiver from Maryland. Um, to me, he just kind of fits the New England Patriots wide receiver mold. Uh, 5'11", 215, not a big guy. He's a fast guy that is going to be a new toy for Tom Brady. You know, they traded Brandon Cooks out to the Rams. Uh, they lost a wide receiver to free agency. So wide receiver is a position that they're looking to add a guy. So DJ Moore fits there for me. Yeah, and I think that they're also trying to fill a hole back at cornerback. I know they had a couple issues, you know, even just in the Super Bowl. And it was kind of tough on them to be able to find the coverage that they needed to. They had issues early in the season with their defensive backfield or their defense really all season last year. They, they really kind of came out lucky as they did. And for me, I see them, uh, I, I see them taking the cornerback out of, oh, where did I put him? I have two guys. I have the same guy twice. I got Josh Jackson going again. <laughs> if I may make a suggestion, yes. um, at cornerback, if you're looking at cornerback for New England, I think that uh, Isaiah Oliver, the cornerback from Colorado, okay, he could be a good he could be a good fit for New England. You know, he's a tall guy, he's a lanky guy that can run. So I think that if they're looking to fill a cornerback position, I think Isaiah Oliver could be in play right there. Well, thank you for a little bit of help there, Sean. I could definitely use it after doubling up only 18 picks apart. Now, uh, for our last pick in the first round, 
and the last pick of our mock draft here for 2018, Sean. Who do you have the Philadelphia Eagles scooping up after their Super Bowl victory? Well, you know, they lost their starting left tackle um, before the Super Bowl, and that was in Peters. And he's an older guy, so they're not. I'm not really sure what he's going to come back with, if he's going to come back. So I think they take Colton Miller from UCLA. Um, 6'9", 309, he's a big guy. He's just... I think he's going to be a good fit for Philadelphia if they're looking to go offensive line and fill that hole. Now, this is just one of those guys. I know I talked to our friend in the next segment here, Chris, about this guy. And I think it's just one of those facts that he ain't going to fall out of the first round. And I think that Philadelphia is going to take Sonny Michelle um, to give them that passing back um, that they used to have with Darren Sproles and, you know, they have Jay Ajayi, and they're, they're working this stuff out. But I think if they can get Sonny Michelle, who's a little bit undersized for the running back position, um, you know, even though they are usually quite smaller, um, I do think that Philadelphia will be able to round out that offense and be quite unstoppable just like they were last year. So that's going to do it for our mock draft 2018 for the NFL. But before we go, we have a special guest to join us on some of his, you know, picks and choices here. What we're going to do is we're going to have a quick rapid fire five question session with our friend. And we will introduce him here in just a second. Well, now we're back. One of my very good friends and somebody that I love very much. Everybody, please welcome Mr. Christopher Bogus. Hello, also, everybody. Also known as Christoph's Bozingis. We're bringing him in for a little bit of NFL draft talk because my man called little dibs on this back in the day. And I love to talk football. So here we go. We're going to shoot him with five rapid fire questions and he's going to give us the best answer he can come up with. So we'll see exactly what Chris thinks here in just a second, and we're going to get started. Hang on real quick. Do I sound good? Can you hear me? Yeah, you sound pretty good here, Chris. All right, let's do it. All righty. We're going to go ahead and start off with the first question. So pretty simple here, Chris. Who do you think is the best overall player in this year's NFL draft? Okay, so easy answer would definitely be Saquon Barkley, but I'm not going to go there. I'm going to go with safety Derwin James out of Florida State. He's an absolute freak. He's compared to, you know, Legion of Boom players. He's compared to, you know, Jalen Ramsey. He's 215 pounds, 6'2". He did the, the bench press 21 times. He is strong, and he can tackle. Both of his healthy seasons uh, for Florida State, he had 50 tackle seasons. He's going to translate so well to the pros and any defense he's added to in the first round this year, he's going to totally, he's going to blend right in. All right. So yeah, that is a little bit off the wall there, Chris, you know, but everybody talking about Saquon earlier in the draft, I do like, you know, being able to pick somebody else out of this, this myriad of players. Now for question number two here, we're going to hit him, Chris is uh, who do you think if you in the top three draft picks right there, you know, they're all talking quarterback. Who do you think is the best quarterback in this year's draft? Okay, so I'm kind of partial to playmakers here. So I could I could go, get real crazy and say 
I could say Lamar Jackson, but I'm not going to say that. I'm going to say Baker Mayfield, and I like what he brings to the table as a leader, quarterback. He he drips swag. You know, he, he's not afraid. He's the kind of guy you want taking over for the New York Jets. And he can help turn that system around, I think. So if if I'm picking a quarterback, I'm taking Baker Mayfield. And if I'm the Jets, I hope he falls to me there. So with that going on, obviously everybody's talking about Rosen, Allen, Darnold. You know, if he kind of slips down just to that three pick, you think that it's pretty easy for them to take him. Why doesn't Cleveland take him then if you think he's the best overall? Because if Cleveland's smart, they're going to do what they should do, and that is Rod Taylor and the few quarterbacks they have right now and build around weaknesses surrounding this position that they haven't been able to fill for 20 years. Give Tyrod a chance. He took, I would say, uh, decently like that average Buffalo team. You know, they were run first, tough defense type of team. See if Cleveland can mimic that. Use what Tyrod can bring to the table have a balanced run offense with Saquon Barkley and I think now Carlos Hyde and even Duke Johnson out of the backfield. And then you've got Josh Gordon and Jarvis Landry. I think you just stay patient. You build around that. They, they should definitely improve the run game and then get a big fat guy like Quentin Nelson to block for him at their next pick at number four there. Well, yeah, so I'm not even thinking quarterback for the Browns. That's what I say is I don't understand why they'd quite be, you know, so happy you go lucky on these quarterbacks because I don't personally think that they're all – you know, the greatest of the bunch anyways. Yep. Now we're going to go to question number three here. Uh, it's going to be a bit of a doozy. Uh, what do you think is going to be the best team to draft this year? Overall, I know Cleveland's got quite a few picks there, even in the top 36. If they go the way you think, do you think they'll be the best overall? Or, Well, I can't just sit here and say Cleveland's good at making draft picks because we both know that they're not. So true. <laughs> let's – Let's avoid that, but I like what Cleveland has. I mean, if I was Cleveland, I would go absolutely nuts with these picks. So if they mess it up, then it's it's just over for those guys. But, I mean, you look at a team like the Oakland Raiders, they have, they have like, what, 11 picks? I don't have it in front of me, but they have so many picks. And John Gruden just took over. They have a, a nice couple young players on both sides of the ball that they're building around. And they just got Jordy. And they just got Jordy, exactly. And they still are holding on to Marshawn Lynch, I think. So Beast Mode sticking around for a minute. They got they got the juice to uh, make a run in that division. And if yeah. they use their 11 picks wisely, I think the Raiders could could have the best draft this year. The Raiders are going to need a bit of an offensive line. That's what I need. Oh yeah. Alrighty. So yeah, uh, just... of course, yeah, Chris. We're gonna keep this rapid fire going real quick. We got number four here for you. Um, if you were or what team or what player and what team? So say. In your mock, where do you think a player is going to go and succeed right away? Who do you think is going to be that rookie phenom who comes out of this draft? Okay, I kind of got a fun one for you. Are you ready? Oh, yeah. Okay, so he's been sliding in some mocks. I don't know why. doesn't make sense. But I here have at number 19, I have the Dallas Cowboys taking Calvin Ridley. I like it. I, I, yeah, see, and it kind of – it seems like the right move to pair with Dak Prescott. You know, see a Des Bryant. They're, they're a run team anyways. Who cares? But Calvin Ridley can stretch the field. And I think if Dak figures out how to throw a long ball or just get the ball to him, I think he can make a huge impact on that offense. All righty. And then one last question for you here, Chris, before we kick you on out of here. Who is your best player that is getting it taken outside of the first round? So, we're not going to be watching this on Thursday, you know, um, after the fact on Thursday. 
Who do you think is going to be the best player taken outside of the first round? Ooh, um, I think my fast answer would be Sony Michel from Georgia. I think he could go somewhere to like the New England Patriots at 31 or, you know, somewhere where they're trying to expand the offense like the Pittsburgh Steelers. They might grab for a guy like Sony because he can catch the ball outside of the backfield and he can take carries with the rest of them. But he could slip to the second round because of his size and, you know, the lack of need for his position. Of course. Now, I do like those picks, Chris, and we really appreciate you coming on to just saying. So once again, everybody, this is Chris Bogus, and thank you very much, Chris. We will have you back on the show intermittently. Hopefully you won't get sick of us by then. Thanks, Jake. Bring me back on whenever you're ready, man. I got all the NFL knowledge you need and fantasy. We'll get back into fantasy season here towards the end of the summer. All righty. Have a good one, Chris. Thanks, Jake. Thanks for having me on. Good night. Well, we just want to take one more second to thank Chris Bogus for stopping by and chatting about the NFL draft with us. Uh, we hope you enjoyed his appearance and we'll look forward to him joining us once again. But before we go, we do have one more little thing to talk about since we have already had this topic on our podcast before. We do like to update you guys on any news that we hear about things that we have talked about in our previous shows. And I said that Alabama was caught dealing a home and home series with Notre Dame and Texas. Well, it seems that they were talking to Notre Dame and they struck up a deal, Sean. Uh, the Alabama and Notre Dame football programs are going to be doing a home and home series in the 2028 and 2029 seasons. So, quick question What do you think? I think that it's Alabama just trying to say, look, we are trying to schedule a harder schedule. But then when in reality, you know, those games are 10 and 11 years away right now. And to me, that just doesn't really cut it for me. You know, they, Alabama's a team that has the kind of pull to cancel these games that they have with these lower-tier teams late in the season and try and force another team into cutting their lower-tier games and getting a game, you know, as soon as two or three years from now. And I know it's a pipe dream, you know, it's what should happen. It's not what will happen because, you know, there's money involved in those games. But, you know, Alabama, I think this is them just trying to look at the committee and go, oh, look, we did that. So we're trying. Well, well, I don't think it does anything immediately. Well, yeah, like what you said, like there's money involved in these games, but there's more money involved in an Alabama-Notre Dame home-and-home series. Trust me. If they wanted an Alabama-Notre Dame home-and-home series to go next year, they would cut games out of the schedule and make it happen. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because, you know, 10 years from now, the odds of Nick Saban and Brian Kelly being at their respective are, are, school. Are little to none almost. The, the way college coaching works now, you know, as soon as Brian that, that's Kelly. Talking, that's talking 20-plus years for both of those coaches. Exactly. I don't think that's what – either team is – I don't think either team's going to look the same and be in the same position that they are right now. Well, I don't think that they'll necessarily take a, dip, a deep dive away from where they are 
But I definitely think that this is just a PR move for the University of Alabama and really for the University of Notre Dame. Not to, They've always been PR moves with their independent scheduling and going where they want, playing who they want, you know, even just ousting rivalries or doing what they want to do. And I think that it really just shows really little to nothing to the committee that they actually want to do this. I think it shows them that they're just trying to put on a front and just try exactly. and trying to say, Hey, look at us. We're, we're the university of Alabama and we ha- we are scheduling hard teams, but when. Yeah. You 10 know, years from now. Exactly. And having Saban at your, at your school for 20 years sounds all good and dandy, but after, after winning what nine championships, he ain't going to coach that much longer. No, I mean, Nick Saban is a great coach, and I think Alabama, as long as he is there, is going to be a national title contender every year just based off his recruiting. You know, Georgia got the recruiting class this year, but Alabama, I think, as long as Nick Saban's there, they're going to be great. But Nick Saban being there 10 years from now, I don't think that game has the same appeal in 10 years as it does right now. I definitely agree. But that's going to do it for us this week on this episode of Just Saying Sports. We thank you, as always, for listening and sticking with us. If you guys like the show, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Google Play, all your streaming networks, and make sure that you give us a like and share us with your friends because, you know, we'd love to make it to the stars someday. So, as always, I'm Jake Atnip. I'm Sean DeWire. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next week.